This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Edge of Innovation. My name is Steve Miller, and I'm sitting in for Jacob Young today, and I'm here with Paul Parisi. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. I mean, hello, Steve. <laughs> Close enough. So today we're going to be talking about something Paul's done for quite some time. Paul, how, how long is it that you've been developing websites for? 224 years. Wow. So yeah. since the founding of this country, almost? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Did you... The problem was there wasn't a lot of ways to consume them at that time. So... <laughs> You were you were ahead of your time, as they That's might right, say. Exactly. Yeah. So I know we've been talking. We our company works to develop websites for our clients, and we were talking some about you know Paul's been doing this for twenty years now, I believe it is, and a lot in the last five years or so. And what are just some what are some reflections of the last five years or so of web development that you've seen? Maybe some trends or um, some new things that are coming up. Uh, some struggles you've seen with clients. Well, I. Say the word you know all the time. That's my, you know? That's my uh, New Year's resolution, if it will. Do you know um, your New Year's resolution? Do you know? You know <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, well, I think in, in looking back, uh, you know, the web was a brochure uh, largely 20, 20, 25 years ago. Right, yeah. Know, what was it? Um, and it was a way to disseminate information of, of some form or fashion. You know, and it's exciting to go back. Exciting. I don't know if that's really the word. It's interesting to go back and look at the Wayback Machine and how things have evolved, especially like the Amazon website. Yeah. And uh, Amazon, you know, is a great example of how to do things right, but they also break a lot of rules, you know, because they can. Yeah. Uh, and people have such an affinity for them that those rules being broken uh, aren't a hindrance to their growth. But having said that, you know, looking back, I think the, <clears throat> the biggest single um, development has been uh, responsive design. That's been, I think, the killer feature that was waiting. Uh, and we've seen the, the impact of that because, you know, almost everybody agrees that the majority of web browsing is done on mobile devices. And that's certainly going up and up and up. Uh, there is still, you know, the case where somebody is actively investigating something and they will move towards a computer, uh, a desktop. But... Uh, I find myself, it's just so convenient to be on a phone. But I will tell you that the number of websites that have a delightful um, mobile experience are very low. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. And as we've talked in one of our sister podcasts, Save Your Site, you know, we go to web restaurant websites, so you don't have the address on the front top. You don't have the phone number. You know, it's just like, what are you thinking? And, right. And I think that's the, you know, one of the biggest things is that people aren't thinking. Uh, who are building websites, hmm. uh, what their customers want, and what information needs to be transacted. So that's, uh, you know, there has been this underlying need um, for people to have uh, websites. Right. And they fill that however they fill it. And then that's done. That checkbox is done. That's yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and that's that's it. And you know, so you look at different organizations, and you know, they don't want to spend the time and investment uh, to re-understand the problem again and re-envision the answer. And you really need to do that. Yeah. Uh, especially in current uh, society where things change, you know, moment by moment. You know, we're we're in the age of the soundbite. You know, the 
watching the Vine video six seconds. Yeah. I mean, you know, so... Do you know Vine's closing, actually? Yeah, we're, yeah. Pa- we're past six-second videos. We need shorter things now. Second yeah, three seconds. Yes. Uh, you know, so you got to stop saying you know. Yeah, you know. The goal. You know, that's true. Um, so you said people build a website and they kind of check, make it as a check mark. Um, you know, I'm done with this. It's a one... Mm, you know, it's a uh, one-time event for, for a company or for a small business owner, whatever it might be. Uh, why do you think that people fail to see that they need the website to be updated? So we've we've had clients come in who have non-mobile responsive websites, and you open it up and you literally can't read it on your phone because all the text is tiny and it's trying to show an entire computer screen just on the width of your phone. Um, so what keeps clients from thinking, oh, this doesn't look good um or clients or just small business owners people in general what what's the barrier of them thinking this doesn't look good and i need to do something about it sure well if we deconstruct it why would you make it look better uh because you want your customers to have a better experience so could it be that they don't care about their customers and that's a pretty coarse thing to say right but well you're obviously not doing what you need to do to make your customer experience better that, but it's, it's, it's a harsh thing. I mean, mm. but that's really, if you distill it down to it, they don't care. Uh, yeah. Now, it may be uh, complicated by the fact that they don't even perceive it. And they're busy. And they can barely get their work done. So they're sitting there saying, yeah, it's got to be better. And here's really the, the gist of it is, but I don't know what to do. Mm. And, oh, I'm going to hire somebody. And can I trust them? You know? You know? You know? You know? Uh, I got to really work. <laughs> um, so can I trust them? Who do I do to do that? And then there's so many examples of bad web companies yeah. that don't uh, deliver good results. Or results at all. Or results at all. I was looking at, um, we had done, I had done a website probably five or six years ago for a good friend, a photographer, and the, the website um, was pretty responsive, so it wasn't mm-hmm. responsive, and he... Uh, you know, business is, is hard. It's tight right now. You yeah. know, uh, cash flow is tight. So he wanted to do a new one. And, you know, I said, well, you know, here's what we would charge. And he's like, I can't really afford anything right now. Uh, so he had a friend who said, oh, I'll do a website for you. For right, yeah. <clears throat> so he did. And the, the design of the website uh, is not acceptable. You know, mm. it's, it's just not good. Uh, and it doesn't work well on mobile, and it's slow, and so. But he doesn't perceive that hmm. as a problem. That's interesting. You know, so he's quite proud of it. You know, so there, there's design taste, um, right. And we take our cues and how we dress from the people around us. Mm. You know, but in the '70s, they all wore bell bottoms. You know, <laughs> who in the world would do that? Well, it became. You know, now it looks so strange, or a leisure leisure suit. Right. Um, so, but taste is in the eye of the beholder. You know, so how do, you know, some people paint their houses bright pink. And if you're saying nobody does that, I can show you something. That's true. Um, Those people are wrong, but they might do it, though. Well, I yeah. not that they're wrong, but they certainly are different, you know? You know? <laughs> you know? I do. Um, and I think the real estate agent would say, well, if you want to sell the house, you might want to paint it white or do something a little bit more generic. Right. So is that the person making a personal statement? I think yes, deliberately. Um, but 
some people have a knack for designing and they make a room look beautiful and it's easier to live in. There are other people who don't even perceive it. So I think yep. to answer the question is that it's, it's, a, it's a dichotomy between perceiving the problem and then valuing the problem enough to solve it, to answer it in a new way. So there's a lot of obstacles between someone having a current website and updating their website to what it needs to be. Is, I think there is. I yeah. think there's, well, there's a cognitive issue. They have to be cognitive of the issue. Yes. And they many are not. And then once they are, then they go out on this risk platform to say, I've got to find somebody that can do a good job. That's a good point. And that's going to be a labor that if they spend all this time and do it and spend all the money to do that, they're not going to want to have wasted that money. Right. So they may just say, I'll live with it. Uh, or they may convince themselves that it's good because that's the only option they have. Yeah. Um, so kind of we're talking about that. So let's say somebody gets past the hurdle of, okay, I realize I need a website or I need a new a new website, one that's mobile responsive. Uh, it was really interesting during the Super Bowl. There were a bunch of advertisements, uh, but one that stood out to me is I think Squarespace advertised. They did a 60-second spot on making your own website. Yeah. And it was, you know, a lot of Super Bowl advertisements are funny and show totally random stuff that's not related to the product. But Squarespace took the time to sit there and, okay, this is what our web builder looks like. And, you know, you're a small business owner. You don't have time or money. Use our use our builder. Um, so what would you say to someone that says, oh, I'm just going to solve this myself with something like this? Why would I hire somebody to make my website for me? Well, I'd, I'd reverse that a little bit and say, why wouldn't you hire somebody? Mm. Now, I think the answer to why I wouldn't is because I don't know how I can find them. Mm. Uh, so that's the biggest barrier is how do you find the right person that's going to do a good job for you, the right company. Now, on the idea of why you would build your own website, do you change your own life? Do you make your own furniture? Do you... All these questions, well, yes, some people do make their own furniture. Some right. people do change their own lives. The majority of people don't. Yeah. Um, and if you talk to a business owner, they need to focus on what the business does. So, you know, do you do your own plumbing? Well, maybe, but more than likely, no. You hire somebody to come in and do that. Right. Uh, and so it's being wise with your time. Everybody has the same amount of time. Hmm. There's nobody who has extra time. So what you do with that... If you want to sit there and say, yeah, I'm going to spend three hours a night working on my website, great. You know, I want to do that. Now, you uh, may or may not be a good designer. You may or may not be able to articulate well uh, in clarity. You know, one of the scariest things in the world is a blank piece of paper. <laughs> and the closest, yeah. the, the, the closer you are to a situation, it's harder to describe. Uh, you know, so you could say, well, you know, I'm a... I'm a plumber, and, uh, you know, we do plumbing. What else can I say? You know, you need some third party out there on the side that's not close to you that can say the hard things and the good things that can bring light to what you should be talking about. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, look at all the other examples. So if you're doing it yourself, you have to be motivated to do that. Uh, but honestly, making time to do your website I don't think that's the thing you want to do. I think you want, if you're going to do it, you could say, gee, this is what, I want to look at 100 plumbers' websites and see what's good about them. But then the mechanics of building it, I think that's more left to somebody who could just do the work. Right. Uh, and 
could help you rationalize through all the features you've seen on those 100 plumbers websites and say, well, this is how I respond to that through testing with friends and things like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can spend all your time and do that. But honestly, I think you should be doing your books, making sure your truck is ready and all the different things to do your business. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, you know, a lot of people like to get distracted in these fun things. Uh, and right. then they sort of fizzle out. But I think really you need to commit to say that, you know, I uh, have a uniform that I wear as my plumber. You know, I go, I put my best foot forward. And you want to do that on a website. You want to make it easy for people to get a hold of you. Uh, you want to have a picture that's a great photograph to be able to instill that relationship. And so it's really an extension of that relationship. If you um, spent all your time in the kitchen and never came out and spent time with your guests, that'd be great, but it wouldn't really sell you. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I think even in this uh, in this podcast, you might have used the phrase trusted advisor. That's a phrase you like to use when you describe, yeah. you know, who will come and help you with your web presence. Um, and what are you've discussed this somewhat so far, uh, but what are like other benefits you see of having that trusted advisor more than just someone that comes alongside you and builds a website, you know, and says, here's a website, here you go. Yeah. What's the benefits of having someone that works with you through building a website and, and managing your online web presence, et cetera. Right. Well, there are a lot of people who do the mechanics of the website uh, and they will do it to varying degrees, whether it works well or not. Uh, that's another thing like this friend, the photographer, um, there, there isn't an ethos about what he wants to make people feel like when they come to this website. Mm. The mechanics of it are done. They're okay. It's very slow technically and all those different things. So how do you um, bridge that gap? And I think it's with a trusted advisor. You know, if you have a, um, somebody who can speak to you, listen to you, understand what you're saying, and bring that back to you, that's going to give you tremendous insight. And then understands the tools uh, and the ecosystem of being able to communicate that to the world. Yeah, and that's really what a trusted advisor does in, in this context. But really, in any context, the trusted advisor is both a sounding board that is an intelligent sounding board. It's not just I mean, you could just talk to a wall if it was just a sounding board. So it's somebody saying, "Wait a minute, you said this, but you said this. And those things don't jive. Which one is it?" Uh, so using a trusted advisor is critical. Uh, now. How do you do that? Uh, it's hard to find trusted advisors. Yeah. We have been, um, it's been great that people have called us trusted advisors because we understand business, we understand design, we understand technical implementation. But really all we're doing is, is saying, what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, I want to make a million dollars by tomorrow. Well, that's probably unreasonable. Yeah. You know, I want to make a million dollars over 10 years. Okay, that may be reasonable. Yeah. What are you going to do to do that? Uh, well, I'm going to put a website up that doesn't have my phone number on it. Well, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've looked at all the other people out there that are doing it, and we've seen this trend. Well, has that trend worked out for them? You know, and so I think the idea of a trusted advisor is somebody who is not emotionally tied into it so that they can ask questions that you might not ask and force you in some ways to defend the decisions you're making in your uh, I think that fresh set of eyes is critical in any business. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I think, uh, you know, there are, for small businesses, there are groups of, you know, 
executives that talk to each other and do monthly meetings and they review each other. Those people that are involved in that find them very valuable. Yeah. Uh, I think that each one of your, you know, if you go and order office supplies, it would, and you're ordering this box of uh, facial tissues, and you buy that one every week, and you buy one every week, it would be really nice if your office supply person said, you know, if you buy 10 of those, I can give you a discount, and you only have to buy them once every two months. Hmm. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Well, there's a trusted advisor. Right, yeah. So those whole things of, of just experience or life optimization, that's what a trusted advisor brings. Yeah, that's good. So maybe to close out, what are things that people should be looking for as they look around for a trusted advisor? I know you mentioned a couple things so far, a big emphasis being on the trusted advisor will ask you questions about your business that will look to benefit you. Anything else that, you know, as, as people go out and look for a trusted advisor in the web presence, what should they be looking for? I think that's the, the biggest thing is how do they engage? And mm. um, many will um, want to focus on, I need a website. I don't ask, why do you want a website? You know, that's yeah. really my first question. Yeah. I, don't, I think it's a great idea to have a website, but that's, I'm not trying to sell you a website. I'm trying to make sure that your expectations are met or exceeded. And when you do that, and I think if you want to be a trusted advisor on the other side of the table is you need to ask questions. What are you trying to solve? And many people can't even answer that question. So then you have to go back to sort of the rubric of saying, well, what do you need? I'm in business. I need a bank account. I need this. I need these, all these different things. I need a website. I need a way to communicate or, uh, a sort of style. Uh, so all of those things are um, legitimate and they're um, the, the, how do I want to say it, the, can, uh, the, the cadence of plodding along. You've got to do all those things. Yeah. And they're usually not just once and done. You need to freshen things up. You need to go back and readdress, based on the way things have changed, all of your questions. And so, you know, our company, we, we I'm constantly doing that. Should we be doing this? Should we be doing this? Should yeah. we be doing this? And, you know, being a trusted advisor is people that are going to challenge that. And, and when you're challenged, uh, you may come up with the same answer. That's a great thing. Uh, if you're challenged and you come up with a different answer, well, that's a great thing too because now you can readjust and become better. All right. Well, thanks for discussing this today, Paul. And you can visit our online bookstore if you want to purchase some of our items. That's right. And, uh, well, no, it's a gift shop. And gift shop, yeah. Right, and after uh, this, right after the episode, we bring you through the gift shop. Exactly. And uh, you can buy whatever you'd like. You have to buy at least ten dollars worth of stuff. That's true to get out. Yeah. I think at this point we're probably in the transition period between episodes. <laughs> the Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at PDParisi. 
and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pdparisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.